Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. And as always, shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttles, Suttles Solution Media, helping to make this podcast possible. We have a great episode in store. I am so excited to have Simone Conego taking the time with us, author, motivational speaker, the author of the book, The Extraordinary Unordinary You. Simone, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me here today. It's an absolute pleasure. And I want to have an opportunity, obviously, for the audience and you to get acquainted really quick. So I'm going to give you the floor for a couple minutes, let you introduce yourself, give you a little backstory, and then we could hop into today's episode. Great. So yes, I am an author. I am a speaker. I am the mom of six children. I've been married to my husband for 28 years, and I live in Sarasota. I definitely took a non-traditional path to figure out what my passion was in life. I've tried many things. Uh, started out in accounting and ended up as an author and speaker, which when I look back, every moment was necessary to get me to this point. But I wanted to make sure when I got to this point, this is what I loved. And this is what I'm passionate about. I love sharing my stories. Even the hard stuff, I think it's really important that we share everything so that if we can help one person, then we've made a difference. So that's what I'm doing right now. Hey, and we love that because with No Rain, No Rainbows, we share the adversities so someone listening hopefully can have the tools and and the resources to get through it a little better. We're all about helping folks through the storm here and getting through our own storms together. You mentioned being a point in your life where obviously there's an unconventional path to take it there. One thing about your story that that sticks out I want to learn about is climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. What did that teach you about life, leadership, share that experience? It taught me a lot of things. First of all, I'm not a climber. I've never climbed anything before. So it was really taking me outside of my comfort zone. And when I was asked to do it, I said yes, honestly, without researching, which was a smart thing because maybe I would have, no, I I would have still said yes. (laughs) But I was able to do this climb with a group of people who are truly amazing. I didn't know anybody. So not only was I doing this, yes, I've never climbed before and here I go, but I didn't know anybody going on the trip. So, but there were 16 of us. We were all raising money and awareness for the Live Strong Foundation. And it was Mm life-changing. First of all, realizing what I was capable of. I had a lot of people beforehand and I struggled for a long time to believe in myself. And from the outside, people would say, well, you have six kids, you do all, from the outside is always different than the inside. I wish that we could be the same both. And that's what my goal is now. But really having people say to me, do you think I'm to the top? No, I think I'm going to make it halfway. That's why I'm doing this. You know, I, it's funny what people would ask. And yeah, I wasn't, I'm not like the super athlete, but for me, it was about commitment. So when I, I worked out really hard to get to the point where I felt like I'm ready for this. And my mindset was there. I really, I think for the first time in my life, I truly believed in myself. I believed that I could do this. My family believed that I could do this. And being surrounded by a group of people who were all in the same mindset that they were going to do that, do it, and I was going to do it, it really made it, it made it possible. And How long did you have from the commitment to the actual climb? 
six months. Oh, wow. And if you research, I think you're supposed to do nine months, but <laughs> but six months was was good. I mean, I really focused all of my time on getting myself mentally and physically prepared for it and really got myself in the best shape of my life. And also, I think that led to my mindset being in the best shape and getting to the summit kind of made me realize that we really can do whatever we put our minds to. Okay, there's always some limitations. I'm not going to tell you I'm going to be an astronaut tomorrow. I mean, that's obviously, you know, not going to happen. But in general, I think that when we set a goal, if we put in the work behind it, it's not about setting the goal, it's putting in the work behind it, then we are capable of doing pretty much anything. We just have to believe in ourselves. And that was a really big turning point for me in not judging myself anymore, not comparing myself to others anymore, really taking a you know, a step back and saying, okay, you did this, let's see what else you can do, so. Now you mentioned getting yourself ready physically and mentally. On the climb, what was more challenging, the physical aspect, the mental aspect, and then how did it feel when you reached the summit? Mm, I would say the physical aspect was a bit more challenging because I was surrounded by such an inspirational group. So that made the mental part a little bit easier because we were all, you know, really building each other up for it. Mm-hmm. The physical part, first of all, I'm from Florida. So, you know, I <laughs> I'm not exactly used to cold weather. So that that made for, you know, a unique challenge. But I always joke that and it's not a joke, it's the truth. The hardest part for me was the the bathroom situation because there isn't one and you just have to you just have to do it. And so it was comical, right? And it was the same for everybody, but it's understanding like when you do these challenges, when you like none of that stuff matters. What matters is taking care of yourself mentally and physically so that you can get it done. Nothing else matters. Like nobody's judging you. You're just doing it. Yeah. Well, what was that feeling like when you reached the summit? It really was such a feeling of accomplishment, not only for myself, I think like being able to say to my kids that I did this instead of, oh, look at someone else did this. This is amazing. It's I did this. And for them to kind of see that thing of having, hearing the people at the beginning saying, you're not a climber, you're really going to make it to the top. And then seeing that you don't have to be a climber. You just have to put in the work and then you too can make it to the top. I love that you said that because that kind of segues perfectly into something you say about change the way you see yourself and the world around you will change. So everyone's telling you you're not a climber, but here you are summiting Mount Kilimanjaro. Talk about changing that mindset. There's probably a lot of listeners right now who they're trying to get into something, whether they want to start that business, start their show, apply for that job, but they just don't feel it in their bones yet. They don't have that identity. How can they rewire themselves and change their world? Yeah, I really started first of all, positive affirmations. That made a huge difference for me. And if you would have asked me 10 years ago if I would use positive affirmations, I probably would have laughed because I would say, oh, that doesn't do anything. It does a lot. It really makes a difference in the way I move forward in my whole day. And really, I stopped looking at other people and thinking, oh, I can't believe, you know, the social media stuff. I'm looking at people's photos on social media. Oh my gosh, everybody's so happy all the time. Oh, they're so skinny. Oh, they have like a brand new car. They have this, that. We don't know what their backstory is, first of all. So people post their shiny moments. 
The important part is all of the other moments. Your shiny moments are such a small percentage of your time, right? So making those other moments as shiny that you feel good about what you're doing in your life. So really stopping the comparison game. And I can't say that it's an easy thing. It's not like a light switch that you turn on and off. It is a, you know, it's a constant work of saying, I am more than enough. I am capable of this. Do I want to do this? Not, oh, I can't do that. I always say, don't say the word can't. Ask yourself if you want to. Do you want to do that? Because if you really do, you can do it. But it's it's an evolution. It's practice. It's work. And it's really not just saying it, but doing it as well. Yeah. If we have time, I have a funny story with my daughter. Please. Okay. Who's So she's 13. And we were sitting in the Starbucks drive-thru. This was when everything had just started to reopen. So you had to go in the drive-thru, you couldn't go inside. And we were, so we were back in the parking lot and asked, and we were having a conversation. And as the line started to move, someone jumped in front of me and cut into the line. And I literally lost it. (laughs) And that is like not my personality, right? So I'm, every word that could come out of my mouth probably was coming out of my mouth. And my daughter looks at me and she's like, mom, I think you might need to reread your own book. I think you might may have forgotten a few things about patience and kindness and understanding. Hello. And, you know, it's so funny because, yeah, she was completely right. And then, of course, I was laughing. And and then we got to the, the window and the woman who had cut us off paid for our drinks. Wow. Yeah. And so then my daughter asked if we could pay for the car behind us. And then we had a whole conversation of how long that will go on for when you do something nice for someone else. And really understanding we're all human. We all have these moments that, you know, hey, things are going to fall apart, but you can't let a moment of disappointment spiral into a lifetime of uncertainty. You kind of have to, you know, pick yourself up and say, yeah, that was ridiculous. Let's move forward. (laughs) Yeah. and Simone, I want to credit you on the authenticity and the vulnerability in that story and even the Mount Kilimanjaro story, because when you mentioned with social media, so many of us post the highlights and the pretty stuff, but we don't talk about the lack of bathrooms on the climb up to the summit. We just share (laughs) the picture when we're on top, right? And we don't talk about, you know, the, the lapse or the outrage or the outburst before someone in front of us in the drive-through paid for, for our order. And we continued that we only post the gesture that we did. So I think giving ourselves grace for those moments and giving ourselves grace for the less than highlight worthy moments of our lives is really where that growth happens because so many of us spend each day looking for that postable moment, right? I I think I'm going to quote that hashtag postable moment, Mm -hmm. but the postable moment comes from the darkness. It comes from the work that we put in and the habits that we build along the way. And sometimes it comes from some discomfort in going on a new journey and getting outside of our comfort zone. Like you mentioned a journey you went on that I know a lot of folks have a hard time doing. You have your bachelor's and master's in accounting and your CPA. That's a very respectable degree and can give a very good, comfortable living for a lot of folks. How scary is it to walk away from something like that? Because there are some folks who who might have that same degree. They might have the master's or how many of us have a college degree that led us into a job that we're working. We just don't feel fulfilled in mm-hmm. How can you muster up the the courage to step away and then start building a life of fulfillment for ourselves? 
I think it's true of so, so many of us that we, so my journey started because I actually failed organic chemistry. Both my parents were physicians and my sister is a physician and I was pre-med and I failed organic chemistry and then I got a D the second time and I said, okay, I think I'm out. <laughs> I don't think any medical school is going to take me. And so something that I was good at was math. And so I went into accounting and accounting is a great field. One of my best friends, she is a partner at one of the really big firms and she stuck with it and she's amazing, but it wasn't for me. And I tried and I was not happy doing it. And I've tried a lot of things. I mean, to be honest that, but I'm a big believer in that it's okay to change your mind. You have to be willing to take that step and you have to be comfortable taking that step because first of all, I'm not telling anybody, go quit your job and, you know, no, you got to have a plan in place. Again, you got to put in the work behind whatever you're going to do. Um, but understanding that there are other options. You don't have to stay right where you are and feel unfulfilled your entire life and then realize at retirement, I wish I would have done it differently. You can do it differently. You just have to prepare yourself for it. You have to understand what what you need to do to get there. but personally, I wouldn't settle anymore. I wouldn't be in a life that I wasn't passionate about. And I say that to my kids all the time. They have their their things going through college right now. What are they going to choose? And, you know, they're taking one path and then they're like, well, I'm not sure. I think I'm going to take a gap year. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's driving me a little crazy, but I think it's a good idea. Yes. Take a gap year, figure out what you want. And guess what? In five years from now, you might change your mind again. And that's okay. You know, you have to, you have one life, make it fulfilled, be happy. Yes, you have to be able to support yourself. I mean, that's part of it. But that's part of the fulfillment part. When you're able to do things on your own and you like what you're doing, I think you feel good. Yeah. I think we put so much weight on some of the choices that we make. I remember in college and they're saying, pick your major. And, you know, the talk was, well, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Like, hold on now. <laughs> right. I mean, I know what I want to do next week, but yeah. for the rest Maybe. of my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, I might change what I want for dinner today. But at the same time, when you talk about a lot of times in college, we're maybe 18 to 22. We're still figuring ourselves out. I'm 33, still figuring myself out. And you put these commitments on each other. And okay this is your career, this is your degree, this is what you're doing. And it could be daunting. And I love the approach, maybe his, what do you want to do for this season of your life? You know, and also I know the dots connect in hindsight, but how can these skills, how can this season maybe give, give nutrients to the next season of your life? Because I do believe that success and skills are transferable just because you're maybe a great copywriter doesn't mean you can't be a great author. Doesn't mean you can't take that skill and become an accountant. So I think it's important, like you mentioned, to do the work for what you want to go to and set up a plan. Don't, Mm -hmm. don't jump without the parachute, but understand that if you map it out, you break it down into bite-sized pieces and you take those steps towards a goal. You can change your path. You can change your career and change your living. Speaking of breaking it down into bite-sized pieces, you have this great concept about the small choices we make. How can the small choices lead to big changes? Yeah. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for the little things that we do every day. I think a lot of times that we look at the 
big philanthropists, the celebrities, and trust me, I love everybody. Like everybody makes a difference. And that's the big thing is that just because someone has the stage doesn't mean their impact is bigger. Now at the moment, in the moment it could be because they they can reach a bigger crowd. So when they use a platform to really affect change, it's an amazing thing. But it's not just because of their title. It's because of what they're passionate about. So when we go through life and we, for example, I was, and again, little things, I was walking out of a uh, store and there was an older man in front of me and he was pushing a cart and it went over a bump. And as it did, his wallet fell out and he just kept walking and walking. And I, again, we're in COVID time, so I didn't want to touch anything because I didn't want him to, I was like, sir, sir. And he was like, he looked back at me first, like, why are you bothering me? I was like, you dropped your wallet. It's right over there. And he was like, oh my gosh. Oh, thank you so much. Someone else, you know, might have taken it and it has, you could see it had a rubber band around it. So it was definitely full of cash. And, you know, those little things, like he's going to remember that for a long time because, those things matter. How we treat other people, it matters. When you go up to the barista at the store, the coffee shop, and you ask them about their day, actually listen. Like, listen, because you're going to learn something. And I feel that every conversation I have, I learn something from. And I see my kids doing it now, too, especially the older ones. They're shy, but they're not shy about learning about people. They sit down and have a conversation. They ask somebody questions and they're like, I just met the most incredible person. It makes everybody else feel good. It's not It's not about us. It's about when you have a conversation with someone and they get to share their story and they realize that they're making an impact by sharing their story. I think it's so important. Yeah, no, absolutely. It reminds me of, I'm not sure if you heard the, the story about the gentleman on the run in the beach early morning with the starfish. Yeah, it's actually in my book. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So about the little the little starfish, and for the listeners who aren't familiar, just kind of an abbreviated version of a little boy throwing all the starfish back in the ocean as the tide's receding, and the gentleman says, "Hey, you know, there's no way you can save all these starfish." And the little boy says, "Well, I could save this one," and that right there is. I guess the translation on the impact we really can have on this world. Uh, so many of us want to change the world or so many of us want to have such a big impact. Well, maybe starting with one person, maybe starting with one goal, one focus and consistently doing that over the course of time. Uh, we've said it once before on the podcast, small hinges swing big doors. We don't have to do big things to have a big impact. So those little, the little uh, those choices day in and day out along the way is certainly something that can be helpful for us. Speaking of those choices, I imagine you have to make a lot of them on the fly in terms of time management, being the mother of six kids. Talk about balancing because so many of us and a lot of us, we have this work-life balance struggle, this tug of war. Uh, one's winning one day, one's winning the next day. How can we just kind of come to a nice stalemate and, and find balance? Or is there no such thing? And should we just learn how to roll with the punches, as they say? Yeah, I would say balance question mark. I don't really think about it as balance. I think about it day by day as what we need to get done. And there's, again, that's what tomorrow's for, right? Like I said before, there's certain things that just aren't gonna get done today. If I stressed about every little thing, I would make myself crazy. My husband would you know, not wanna speak with me and <laughs> the kids would be like, oh my gosh. So for me, it's so important to, I make a list, 
I get some of the stuff done on lists. Sometimes I lose the list, then I find it again. Then I'm like, oh, everything else got done. But I really try to focus on the things that need to get done right away. And everything else usually falls into place. And yes, there are many times where I forget to do something and that's okay. Someone will remind me. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we get ourselves so worked up and stressed about trying to find a balance and not just enjoying the moments. And that makes it more challenging when we can't just take a step back and say that, hey, today was a really crappy day and tomorrow's going to be better. And I think that it's so important for all of us to realize that everybody struggles, everybody has something else going on that they didn't finish or that they still need to do and and that that's okay. Yeah. I'm one that gets on myself for unfinished to-do lists. And I had a friend to ask me one day, he goes, well, who set the deadline? And I was like, well, I did. He goes, can you ask yourself for an extension? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you know the person who set the deadline. So again, give yourself grace here. Maybe you can accomplish that tomorrow. And the only necessity for the deadline is you put unphysical thing in front of you and said, this is when it needs to be done. And we end up stressing ourselves for no reason. Talk about the inspiration for this book and and what you hope folks Mm -hmm. can get from it. The extraordinary, unordinary you. The inspiration is, was my family, my children. So as a mom of six, having adopted three children internationally, sharing their stories, sharing our life. Again, it goes back to being able to help one person. If there is, if you can make a difference in one person's life by sharing your moments, boy, I would do that all day long. I'd do it all day long. (laughs) But I think it really is important to, by sharing our stories to inspire other people. So I started saying to my kids that, hey, I wanna write a book. Of course, they laughed at me at first. Actually, my husband's like, well, you're not a writer. Okay, but you did climb a mountain. So I think maybe, yeah, okay, I can't wait to read it. (laughs) (laughs) And really looking at, our evolution as a family and the impact that my kids have on other people, that our family has on other people, changing the way they see families, changing the way they they see us, it's been huge. And so really talking about the way I see the world, the importance of being kind and not being so hard on ourselves. Like we have choices every day, right? We can choose to be miserable. We can choose to be happy. There are definitely things that happen in our lives that cause us to be upset, to be miserable, but we can move forward from those things. And really talking about the stories, the things that I've dealt with that have allowed me to do that. And really with the underlying theme is that we don't need to change who we are. We need to change the way we see ourselves because we are all unique, all unordinary, and all have extraordinary things that we bring to the world. I love that. I love that. And so you mentioned how you adopted three of your six kids. Mm-hmm. And I know some folks listening might be going on that journey, wanting to maybe talk about that journey. And it could be a huge undertaking. Really quick with some of the time we have left, what are some of the challenges and and some of the, I guess, the rewards on the opposite end? Mm-hmm. Because I always love making sure that we can address the, the hardships, but remind people that it's worth it on the opposite side. So what has that journey been like going through that process? I would say the challenges are time. It takes a long time. There's you have to have a lot of patience and it's there's a lot of paperwork. But none of that stuff matters. I mean, at the end of the day, I have 
well, I have six amazing kids, but I have three amazing kids that I wouldn't have had if I wouldn't have gone through, jumped through the hoops and climbed up the ladders to get to get all the the paperwork done and every home visit and and kind of checked my mail back in the day where we were checking mailboxes. Now it's like everything's email, but you know, I was checking the mailbox constantly. Did I get any updates? Did I get a phone call? Anything? And those things are, it, it's hard, but oh, the end result is just, there's nothing more amazing to have a crazy family like I have. <laughs> it just makes every day, you know, you wake up every day and you never know what's going to happen. And it's incredible. Yeah. And it's a beautiful family portrait behind you for for those that are watching on YouTube. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Simone, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. And the things you've accomplished, I want to give the stage really quick for you to address the audience directly and someone listening right now, they just, they don't have that, that oomph within them right now. They're looking for a little, a little pick me up. Maybe they have some big dreams, but they don't know how to start tackling them. And being that you've been able to accomplish so much and you look back on your life that inspires you to write this book. Here's a couple minutes really quick. You could talk to the audience directly and give them that inspiration. What would you say to someone who really needs to, to rewire themselves and get going? Yeah. So I struggled for a really long time. What I said before about believing in myself. And that's for me, that's kind of the first step is to realize that you're amazing, that you bring amazing things to the world. And when you first start believing in yourself, then other people will believe in you as well. And it really, it kind of, for me, it changes everything. It, you know, I'm willing to try more things, reach out and help others and, and really change the way I, I see the world because when I change the way I see myself, it changes the way the world sees me. And there is, it's not a on off switch, like I said before, it, it takes time. And, but just know that you are capable of changing the way you see yourself. And if I can do it, you know, I, I used to say that I'm just an ordinary girl. I'm just Rob's wife. I'm just a stay at home mom. I'm not just anything. I don't need to justify my life or justify what I'm doing. I am me, right? I'm unordinary. I am a mom of six. I am Rob's wife, all these things that I am. And I think that when we change the way we talk about ourselves and talk to ourselves, it really changes us. And so for everybody listening, you got this. <laughs> Simone, thank you. The name of the book is The Extraordinary Unordinary You. Where can folks pick it up? Where can folks connect with you, follow up with you, and, and follow some of your journey as well? Thank you. So my website, simonecanago.com, you can pretty much find everything there. You can shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. And in terms of where you can find the book, pretty much anywhere online, you can find it just between Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, all those places you can, and, and lots of independent bookstores as well. So search it, you will find it. And I would love to hear from you because that's what my life is about is a human connection piece. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I want to recap some of the gems that you dropped along the way, just to make sure mm -hmm. our listeners didn't miss it. You know, realizing what I'm capable of climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. It's not on my bucket list. It's on there now because uh, I can only imagine what that experience would kind of give to so many people, something I'd love to have experience with. And 
we can do what we put our minds to. And the key is putting the work behind it. So many of us look at these audacious goals and we don't know how to get there. Breaking it down into bite-sized pieces, putting the work behind it and making those small, those small choices day in and day out to lead to that overall goal is really the ways that we can start changing our lives. And speaking about changing our lives, it's okay to change your mind. So many of us have this prescribed thought talk in our head where we might say, I'm just, or I'm nothing but just a trainer. I'm nothing but just a, you know, uh, maybe a fry cook, whatever you are, you are not just as Simone said, you are. And when you change the way you view yourself, the world itself will change. Hopefully that's an inspiration in terms of balance. You could throw that out the window. There's no balance. (laughs) There's only today and what you can accomplish today. And it's okay. Whatever's left on that to-do list, I promise it will still be there for you tomorrow. So there's still more time to do it. And don't settle anymore. Understand that this world is at your fingertips. Don't settle for where you are. Don't settle for the job that you're in. If you're not happy, you deserve happiness. So find those fundamental steps to take you there step by step. And if you need some inspiration, I know an author who wrote a book called The Extraordinary Ordinary You that might just give you the pick-me-up and give you the inspiration you might need. Simone Canego, thank you once again for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here today. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And to the listeners, thank you for making it to the end. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a friend or a loved one that you know would benefit from the content. And also leave us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. We love to improve. And the only way we can do so is when you give us the feedback. And of course, make sure you subscribe to get new episodes every single week. That's how you help us grow. And if you love the podcast so much, you can subscribe for as little as $1 a month to our Patreon page where you could hear some extra content from our guests like Simone. As we always say at the end of the episode, guys, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. <laughs>